I came to New Zealand in 2002 as an international student. And um, over the past 22 years, many things have changed. When I first came here, I was a single man. But now, I'm married with two children and a bunny. <laughs> According to Chinese tradition, it was the year of the rabbit last year. So my eight-year-old daughter, Hannah, kept asking, can I have a bunny? Can I have a bunny? Finally, we gave her one. I don't know what my children will ask for this year, but I know it is the year of the dragon. <laughs> Please pray for my family. It's coming. Every kid is different, right? We had a baby dedication today. Every kid is different. Hannah is interested in music, dancing, singing, performance. My six-year-old son, Channing, he is interested in numbers. He just received excellence award in mathematics for the second year in a row in his school. That means he is so good at being Chinese. <laughs> I'm so proud of him. I became a Christian at City Campus in 2011 and someone in my workplace invited me to the church. My life has changed totally. Back then, I was a building contractor. I had been working in the building industry for 15 years before I stepped into the full-time ministry in 2019. It's truly a privilege for me to take on the baton from Pastor Mike and Liz as the lead pastor of City Campus last year. My wife, Yvonne, she still works full-time in a medical clinic, and I'm so grateful to have this woman in my life because I cannot do what I'm doing without her support. When I first came to New Zealand, and uh, I was studying in the University of Waikato, so I stayed in the Kiwi family in Hamilton. Their house was so close to the Waikato River, but on the first day I arrived, my landlord warned me, hey Shane, never swim in this river. Because the water around this part of Waikato is not clean. One afternoon, while walking along, alongside the riverbank, I saw two guys fishing on the other side of the river. What? The water is not clean. But hey, that's why the fish are fat. <laughs> and when I look at those two guys, man, they were having such a good time. Obviously, they were local, and they had built up the immunity for consuming the fish. <laughs> they will have so much fun. They were free to be themselves, to enjoy the lifestyle. Meanwhile, on my side of the river, it was a different story. I was a total stranger in this place. I didn't know what future held for me. When will I graduate from the university? How can I find a job in this country after that? Everything seemed uncertain in front of me. So when I looked at them on the other side of the river, I hoped one day I could be on the other side to enjoy the same kind of freedom without eating the same kind of fish. So in that moment, the river seemed like a gap standing between me and where I want to be. Sometimes 
we may find an invisible river standing between us and where we want to go. Fears, self-doubts, regrets, past hurts hinder us from crossing the river to embrace the future. Today, maybe some of you are having this kind of experience in your life. Maybe you are evaluating a career change. Maybe you are looking for a new relationship. Or maybe you are thinking about moving to a new city, even a new country. My hope for today's sermon is to help you find the courage and strength you need to cross the river, to embrace the plan God has, create the future God has planned in your life. So my title for today's sermon is Crossing the River. We are going to explore the story about Jacob in the book of Genesis. When Jacob faced the river standing between him and his future, he was so hesitated and anxious. But eventually, he found the strength and courage from God, crossed the river, leading to a remarkable life transformation. Now, let me give you a little bit of context of the story. Jacob was a very clever but cheeky man. He had a twin brother named Esau. Esau was the firstborn, according to Jewish tradition. The firstborn um, will have the double share of their father's inheritance. That's a huge amount of money. So one day when Esau was so hungry and thirsty, Jacob found the chance to take advantage of Esau. He offered Esau a, a bowl of soup, a bowl of soup in exchange of his birthright. Wow, Esau was such a reckless man. He agreed. He agreed for the soup and uh, giving up all his inheritance. But Jacob didn't stop there. He continued to deceive his father on his deathbed and stole the blessings from his father for Esau. So basically, he tried his best to get everything from Esau. So Esau was so angry. He wanted to kill Jacob. So Jacob had to escape from home. And so he ended up working for a guy whose name is Laban for 20 years. During the 20 years, he married both of Laban's uh, daughters, uh, Rachel and Leah. But Laban was also a cheeky man. He didn't treat Jacob fairly. He took advantage of his hard work. Eventually, their relationship broke down and getting worse and worse to a point. Jacob concerned, man, if I don't leave this man, he will kill me one day. Well, I don't blame Laban. If I live with my father-in-law for 20 years, <laughs> he will kill me too. <laughs> so at that point, here's the problem. Where could he go? He cheated his brother, cheated his father, ran away from home 20 years later. He had to run away from his father-in-law. Where could he go? But at that point, God spoke to him. Let's go to Genesis uh, 31, verse 3. Then the Lord said to Jacob, Go back to the land of your fathers and, you, and your relatives, and I will be with you. Go back to your family. So he took his family and positions secretly running away from Laban. 
when he reached a river called Yebok, he stopped because he realized if he crossed that river, carry on in the same direction, he will meet his older brother Esau, the guy who wanted to kill him 20 years ago. So he was wondering, well, am I doing the right thing? God, do I really hear from you? Am I, am, am I in the right place now? But in the midst of uncertainty, here's what happened. Let's go to Genesis 32, verses 1 to 2. Jacob also went on his way, and the angels of God met him. When Jacob saw them, he said, Ah, this is the camp of God. I am in the right place. God is already here waiting for me. So friends, every time, every time when Jacob looked for direction, when he was in the midst of uncertainty, he will either hear from God or encounter the angels of God. Let him know that God was with him. So my first point for you today is in the midst of uncertainty, remember this, expect God's presence. Because God will never leave you alone. He will always show you a direction. Two years ago, there was a young adult um, from another city came to Auckland to study in the university. He came to our church, and this young man was from a non-Christian background. And uh, he never thought he would go to a church, but he grew up facing some tough family situations. He desperately seek for a breakthrough in his relationship with a very important family member in his life. But he didn't know where to find the hope. So I asked him, so what made you to go to a church? Because you, you're from a non-Christian family. He said, I never thought I would go to a church until a few months ago, I attended a wedding. On that wedding, the pastor share the message that really hit me. That message was so inspiring to me. I feel that God probably was speaking to me through that message. And I thought to myself, maybe I should go to a church. And then he moved to Auckland, studying in the uni. He just randomly Googled where to find a church. And they found us. It's the closest the church to his place. I asked him, do you still remember who is the best pastor? You know, he said, oh, no, 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 I didn't get a chance to talk to him because I just want to, you know, thank this pastor for growing my church. <laughs> but I, and then I invited him to our um, growth track three weeks, um, the, a three weeks course designed for the new people to discover their purpose and find a connection with our church. After the third week, he came to me. He was so excited, he's ashamed. <laughs> wow. Now I know, now I know it was God who had led me all the way from the wedding to this church. I said, what happened to tell me? He said, you know, during the third week of Girls Track, as the video play, I saw the pastor who spoke at the wedding, that was Pastor Adam. <laughs> Now he joined all the dots together. He realized it was God. Showed him a way through Adam on the wedding. And now 
welcomed him to his church through Adam again. Thank you, Adam, for growing city campers. <laughs> From now on, you will officiate every wedding at city campers. <laughs> I will not speak at weddings anymore. <laughs> so since then, God has been leading this man go through a journey of healing and reconciliation. Last year, the breakthrough he hoped for in his relationship finally happened. God guided this man, traveled thousands of, of miles away to the other side of the world, met the family member. They hugged in tears. Relationship restored. Life transformed. So my dear friends, when you are in the midst of uncertainty, when you don't know where to go, expect God's presence in your life. Let's get back to Jacob. At the river bank, Jacob's servants informed him that Esau was coming to meet him from the other side of the river with 400 men. What? Why 400 men? He can just come on himself, right? That's enough. So, so Jacob was not sure about Esau's intention and he was still nervous, anxious, uncertain about his future. Then he prayed to God. Genesis 32 verse 9, Jacob prayed, O God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, Lord, listen to this, you who said to me, go back to your country and your relatives, and I will make you prosper. That's your idea. That's, that's not my idea, right? But how come Esau is coming to me with 400 men? He mentioned God's promise here. And then he prayed to continue. He, his prayer continued. In verse 11 to 12, Save me, save me, I pray, from the hand of my brother Esau, for I'm afraid he will come and attack me. And also the mothers with their children. But you have said, once again, that's your idea, God. I will surely make you prosper and will make your descendants like the sand of the sea, which cannot be counted. So again and again in Jacob's prayer, he mentioned God's promise. You see, in that desperate moment, the assurance of God's promise gives him strength and hope he needs in the midst of uncertainty. So friends, the second point for you today is in the midst of uncertainty, remember God's promise. Remember God's promise in your life. I started my um, business as a building contractor in 2009. My first contract was building a, a 12 house in 12 houses in Takanini. So we finished the project, people moved in, Around 12 months later, I received a phone call from one of the owners. And the guy said to me, hey, can you please come back to do some touch-up painting job? Because um, and the ceiling above one, one of my shower box, you know, I can see the paint, you know, peeling off the ceiling. And we built 12 houses there, and every house had uh, three bathrooms. So that was the only bathroom got that problem. So I thought to myself, hey, maybe you spend too much time in the shower. And the water is too hot. But anyway, I came back 
fix the problem, paint the ceiling. He was happy. Another 12 months later, he ran me again. Guess what? Same problem occurred again. I was thinking, come on, you have three bathrooms. Don't limit yourself to just one. <laughs> you pay the full price for the house. Okay, you, you deserve to make the most of it. Use all the bathrooms, my friend. Anyway, we came back with my painter, you know, paint the ceiling, he was happy. Guess what? 12 months later, he rang me again. Same problem, but this time we didn't come back with the painter. We, I, I, I went back with the uh, electrician because we installed an extractor fan right above the shower box. Because eventually that's not the paint's problem, that's the ventilation problem. So the elect, uh, extractor fan suck out all the, all the uh, hot air, the steam, we solve the problem for good. Here's the thing, no matter what the problem was, I had to come back again and again to fix it. Why? Because I'm such a nice guy. I just love paint people's ceiling once a year for free. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because that was under my seven years master builder guarantee. Seven years master builder's guarantee. You see, the master builder guarantee is the legal document of my promise to the owner. Friends, the Bible is the legal document of God's promise to you. The Bible is composed of the Old Testament and the New Testament. The term testament refers to the solemn and binding agreement between two parties, the uh, God and his people. So you see, a, a, a mortal and limited man like me knows the obligation to keep my promise. How much more? How much more will perfectly just and truthful God keep His promise to you according to His word? That's why we must read the Bible. Know the word and remember His promise. In the midst of uncertainty, remember God's promise to you. Now here comes the climax of the story. Before Jacob crossed the river, you know, he sent a bunch of gifts to his brother Esau, but he's still unsure about what awaited him on the other side. Genesis 32, verses 25 to 26. So Jacob was left alone on this side, and the man wrestled with him till daybreak. It was actually God himself appeared in the human form. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched. wrenched. So he as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you blaze me. I will not let you go unless you bless me. So my last thought for you today is hold on to God's blessing. In the midst of uncertainty, hold on to God's blessing. 
You see, Jacob had some issues, serious issues in his relationships, right? He just couldn't find peace in his life. It seemed like he was in, in the constant wrestling match with everyone. He was wrestling with his father, wrestling with his brother, wrestling with the father-in-law, wrestling with the people all the time. This is something we all experience in life, dealing with the relationship issues. It's like wrestling with the people all the time in our life, wrestling with the family members, wrestling with someone in the workplaces. But friends, it's hard to find peace as we keep wrestling with people. What Jacob did here was truly remarkable because he stopped wrestling with the people. Instead, he turned to wrestle with God. He turned to wrestle with God. He was so determined not to let go until he received God's favor. That reflects Jacob's earnestness in seeking God's blessings. You know, likewise, when we face relationship issues, we should follow Jacob's example here. Stop wrestling with people. Stop wrestling with people. We have spent too much time on wrestling people in our life. We are fighting the wrong battle. We cannot find solution. We cannot find peace in wrestling with people. Instead, we ought to turn to wrestle with God in prayer, saying to God, God, help me. Save me, God, because I cannot deal with this issue anymore. I cannot solve this problem anymore. And God, I will not let you go unless you bless me. You know, this kind of wrestling with God is so good because that reflects our earnestness in seeking God's blessing. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those, listen to this, He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. God will bless you when you earnestly seek Him. Let me ask you this question, my friend. Who is the one you are wrestling with at the moment? Who is the one you are wrestling with at the moment? Stop wrestling with people anymore. Because you are fighting the wrong battle. Turn to God. Ask for solution, ask for peace, ask for blessing from him and then you will find a new chapter in your relationship on the other side of the river worship team please come up as i close today's message let's think about this question together what is the river standing between me and my future what is the river standing me? It's standing between me and my future right now. Is there a river of fear? A river of doubt? A river of regrets? Or a river of past hurt? Friends, don't let this river stop you from crossing the river, from, from embracing the unknown future God has planned for your life. Expect God's presence. Because he will guide you. 
He will definitely show you a direction. Remember his promise. As he promised Jacob, I will surely prosper you. He will surely prosper you on the other side. And hold on to his blessings. Hold on to his blessings. That's the only source of solution and peace in our life. I want to take this moment to speak to those who don't know Jesus. Or maybe now for some reason you feel you are far from God. Here is something I would like to share with you. You see, Jacob, he probably had thought that the biggest problem in his life was his relationship with his brother Esau. That's the biggest problem, biggest issue. But through the reasoning with God, God was teaching him and us a lesson. Jacob, you are wrong. The biggest problem in your life and the root of all those problems is actually your relationship with me. So stop wrestling with your brother. Come to me. Turn to me. Fix your relationship with me on this side and then cross the river. Get your relationship with God right first. The rest will follow. Actually, the root of all the problems in the world is basically the broken relationship between humanity and God. So friends, I believe there is a prosperous future for you on the other side of the river. But you need to set your relationship with God right on this side. And then you can turn the whole situation around.